0: Everyone relax, this is Off. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and look, best start to the podcast ever. Yeah. I think we both agree. Oh, by the way, uh, hello and thank you for watching, but best start to the podcast ever. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, look, where do we even begin? Uh, I thought, so podcast Mike has jumped on Skype as, as his custom when we're recording in separate places, and uh, he was wearing his Dan Andrews North Face And I didn't want to say anything. That's exactly what I thought (laughs) as well. Like immediately when I saw him, I said, hang on, is this podcast, Mike, or is this the Premier of Victoria about to do a press conference about some late night COVID numbers that have just got in? Yeah, so we didn't say anything. uh, And then as we uh, went through all the the bits and bobs that we do before we start the show, uh, Mike said, oh, you know, just so you know, uh, uh, it is uh, a little warm where I am, so I might just take off my jacket. And he peeled off his north face to reveal – a brand new bit of Tofop merch: the uh, current Tofop logo, the cartoon Will and I Tofop logo. I've got to say, Will, I felt a bit of movement downstairs. I actually found it a bit sexy watching Podcast Mike disrobe. Did you? Did he go from being Podcast Mike to Magic Mike? Yeah, if you know what I'm like saying, I was in Podcast Mike's OnlyFans. I felt like maybe I should tip him five bucks for that. <laughs> now take off the toe pop t-shirt and reveal another toe t-shirt well i didn't get a chance to bring out this surprise um and this will only work for you and podcast mike but uh i am back in sydney i'm in the hell of packing up uh up an apartment on my own which just i just i feel like i've been working all day and i don't even know if i've made a dent in you know i've got removals arriving tomorrow and i feel like i have not achieved anything all i've been doing is bubble wrapping artwork and it's like We don't have enough wall space where we live now for all this artwork. What am I doing with all this artwork? Uh, But you can see here, Will. I I know you say that, but you live in a house that is considerably considerably bigger than the apartment you used to live in. So just like there must be a way that you can fit stuff that fit inside a smaller place inside a bigger place. No, no, no. Here's the thing, though. This wasn't artwork that was on our walls in our smaller place. This is artwork that's been in storage that we have lugged with this. You know, we spoke last week about, you know, that kind of Marie Kondo, you know, only things that bring you joy. Well, that's fine for stuff that I own, but with Gemma's stuff, <laughs> everything brings her joy. Uh, and it's, look, it's difficult because it's her artwork. Most of it is stuff that she's created. Some of it is stuff that she yeah. created, you know, all the way back in uh, when she's at the Edinburgh College of Art. And so it has a very significant meaning to her and ties her back to her homeland, and all that kind of stuff. But... Jesus Christ, there's a lot of it. I mean, you were willing to get rid of a skull that was used by your father who died when you were young. Maybe one of your only totems that you have, this very connection with your father, and you were like, maybe this should go in the bin. Surely she can like go, you know what, a couple of these aren't my best. (laughs) Like, Give them away as presents or something, at the very least. There must be, get her to nominate some people in the local neighbourhood who she enjoyed. Maybe this is the opportunity to finally make it up with the woman at the news agents whose life we destroyed by getting our faxes sent to her. Maybe you can go down and present her with an original Gemma Lee artwork. We did have that discussion. I said, look, we have so much artwork. I don't know where this is going to go. And Gem was like, well, you know, I think maybe I can start giving this away to people. And I'm like, when though? Like the remo- <laughs> removal people arriving tomorrow. Do I rush into the streets now and just like start flagging down cars and handing out framed artwork? Well, I, I-, I like the idea of you just... Like, why don't you do like a pop up? You just can do like a like leave, right? So you leave the art on the walls. You put it up gallery style in your empty apartment. So the removalists come. Oh, you put it. the remaining artwork up on the walls of this empty apartment, and you make it a pop up gallery. People people will pay for it. Yeah, like you invite the right people. You you know some groovy people. You invite some actors. You get like. Some fashion people together. You get them into this like empty apartment like pop-up and you make like some decent money. You pay for your move all with selling the stuff that you can't take with you. It. That's brilliant. I mean, that's exact. I'm sure I went to some kind of subi party in the early 2000s. It was like, you know, a vacated <laughs> apartment that just had artwork and jeans nailed to the wall. So I don't think you're too far off the money. I mean, actually, as we're recording this, Will, um, I should probably whisper because you can probably hear, there is a complete stranger in my apartment in the next room uh, dismantling a wardrobe that I sold on, on Gumtree earlier today. Um, so I've just put a lot of trust into the fact that you know I can. This guy's just not going to rob everything else. So I've just left him in the uh, in the spare room with with my tools. I, I mean, in some ways, it would solve some of your problems. Oh, You know what? <laughs> You're actually, like, Look, I've got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, again, again, I'm whispering because he's in the next room. I was so wrapped that he <laughs> that he agreed to buy the wardrobe because I didn't think I was going to sell it. Anyway. But then I started trying to upsell, like, everything. I was like, do you want this uh, fold-out sofa? Do you want this trestle table? Do you want this desk? Do you want this office chair? Mate, I'll give it to you. Good good, cheap. Good price. Real cheap. Well, what you should do is start loudly talking about how expensive Gemma's art really is. But at the moment, if somebody made you a decent offer, you just have to get rid of some of it. But it's worth so much more. But you've got to say that, like, really loudly. <laughs> um, now, I've, I put us a little surprise. This is only going to work for, for you and Mike. Um, but uh, here's a little friend that we uh, discussed last week. There is my father's uh, 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 dentist's skull. Now, I forgot to mention that it's really half a skull. <laughs> when you look at it, I mean, describe that. I mean, firstly, that's the major thing that you forgot to mention. Like, if you had advertised that on Gumtree and I've come around to click my skull, I'd be like, where's the other half of the fucking skull? Like, it's... As if they have taken off the top of the head to take the brain out, but there's no brain in there, obviously. Like, there's no skull cap at all. Was there, like, a weird bowl in your house when you packed up your mum's stuff for you? Like, and your mum just been <laughs> eating magi noodles out of the top of that skull? It does kind of look like something that Conan the Barbarian would sip wine out of. Like, it's just like the skull of his vanquished. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It's not as... I don't know. Like, I seem to remember this being a lot cooler... When I was younger, but now I'm looking at it, I'm like, I can see why security didn't really freak out when they saw it because it just kind of looks like, I mean, it doesn't really even look like a skull, does it? I mean, you wouldn't, first of all. I at was going to say, it wouldn't have come up on their x ray as being like, somebody would have just been like, at, at worst, that is half a skull. What's a guy <laughs> going to do with half a skull? He can't even put together an entire skull. He's not going to hijack the plane. Yeah, it's got some writing on it. It's got my dad's name. He's, uh, yeah, he wrote his initials on it, he, he tagged it n clausen and then there's some other little doodles on it which i'm assuming are like medical notes like oh this is where the blah blah connects to the blah blah (laughs) (laughs) is that how doctors do it i mean i know we have a lot who listen to our show but is that how doctors do it do you just like write on the skull just so you don't forget oh yeah that's the ear hole how would you feel if you're at the dentist? Cuz like you wouldn't feel bad if you're at the doctors or whatever and they do some extra research. They look in a medical book or they um, you know look something up on the internet. But how would you feel if you're at the dentist and he was about to go into your mouth and he just went, "Hang on a second, and went over to his skull and just like started tracing lines and working out which bit was which. I don't know that. I mean, would I you mean, I'm not this is pre-surgery, right? You're just talking the initial consultation. He <laughs> just lifts up my head and starts During the sharp, isn't that what plastic surgeons do? I've watched a few of those botch shows and stuff where they literally just they'll just draw all over someone and say, We'll just cut this bit off here and we'll take your nose down to here and we'll lift your cheeks up to here and so I think that's pretty common procedure, right? At least in cosmetic surgery. Yeah, no, you're right. I hadn't thought of it like that, but that's exactly what they do. They just draw on you and they say, We're just gonna like, yeah, it's a pattern. They essentially put a pattern on top of you but instead of like a sewing pattern which is another bit of material or paper or whatever they just literally you are the pattern do you think there's ever a temptation when one of those docs is doing just, so just say someone comes in and like oh, i've got a lot of back fat you know can you liposuction my back yep. fat and you as a doctor get your little sharpie out and you go around behind them and you're saying yeah, yeah we will just suck it out you know the back here back here and here like temptation to draw a dick, how strong is it? On a scale of like 1 to 10, how how strong is the temptation to draw a dick on that patient? I mean, I feel like part of the Hippocratic Oath should be that you don't draw dicks on patients. (laughs) I would like to think that my temptation as a patient to think that my doctor isn't going to do that to me overwhelms my temptation as a prankster doctor (laughs) to like draw dicks on the back of people. I would hope. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe... Maybe if you're one of those kind of like Dr. Nick Riviera type doctors, one of those ones, like the the doctor who uh, I watched um, uh, uh, one of those, the video on how the anti-vax movement started. And I'm sure you're all across this, but it was basically that, that one doctor conspiring with a lawyer to be like, Hey, you know what? We should come up with our own, like with a, a new brand of vaccine. We'll make a killing if we can sort of cast doubt over current vaccines. And then we can sort of launch this new vaccine. And this dude for people who don't know, the guy, I can't remember what the doctor's name is, but he essentially just made stuff up. It's insane to think that the entire anti-vax movement, starting with the kind of autism thing, was completely invented. Like there is, he was a bowel doctor or something like that. And he tried to make the connection between like digestion and autism from these vaccines. It's crazy. So is the doctor you're talking about a doctor by the name of Dr. Andrew Wakefield? Is that who yes. you're talking about? yes. Interesting uh, side note, and funnily enough, they actually spoke about this um, on uh, the Little Dum Dum Club the other day. But they did not know who Andrew Wakefield was when they were talking about it. But um, who does Andrew Wakefield date? Who is Andrew Wakefield's girlfriend? Oh, is it? Is she an anti vaxxer Is she a famous anti vaxxer Is it like Jenny McCarthy or something? She's famous. She's super famous. Like, she is obviously, I'd say, an anti-vaxxer. Someone who works in an industry that is close enough to wellness that they would have gone into wellness after the main part of their career. Oh, so that's not like Gwyneth Paucho, is it? No. Uh, is but, it in that, am I in the same uh, vein? Was she an actress before she was a wellness person? Not an actress, uh. but... Actress adjacent, and well, actually, technically, she did do some acting. I will say that, but she was not known as an actress, she was known as another job like a presenter. Mm, no, well, like- these people would also be presenters, but they have another job. Porn star, adult film. Okay, some of them would also have been ex these things <laughs> if they go into that industry, but you know, I don't know. Dude. You're missing the obvious one. All right, well, tell me, model. Oh. Okay, wellness. A model who went into wellness. Was she one of the supermodels of the nineties? She was one of the. Ah, uh, I think technically, when you talk about the supermodels, yeah, this she doesn't count, but she was a supermodel. Yes. Okay. Okay. So she wasn't a Claudia Schiffer or Christy Tellington or a Elle McPherson. She's like a. Oh, is it Kathy uh, Ireland? Uh, no. 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 Okay, you said it wasn't Elle McPherson because oh. Elle McPherson technically wasn't one of the. Um, supermodels, Wasn't but she? she was indeed a supermodel, and it is L McPherson. Dr. Andrew wow. Wakefield is in a relationship with Elle McPherson. Holy cow. When did that happen? <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it's it been going on for a while. So that's what you reward us if you're a dodgy doctor who invents links, bet- links between vaccines and autism and causes a myriad of problems for the rest of the world, your reward is that you get to have sex with El McPherson. So the oh. the world's pretty fair, is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> Things Quite work out parties. fine <laughs> for everyone. Ah, oh, that uh, that doesn't reassure me at all. But let's just look. Let's just hope there's an afterlife of some kind, and there is some kind of cosmic justice, and that he ends up in hell somewhere. He ends up in hell. With the anti L McPherson. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> what, yeah. What, with Hell Hell McPherson. Well, L is known as the body. So this L is just a giant brain. Just a giant brain with legs <laughs> and <in> arms. <laughs> Who sleeps Helm- in half a skull. Like much like one of those like roadster beds. Just half a skull and it's the giant brain. That's a Hell McPherson. It was L McPherson maybe podcast mike you can look this up there was a famous quote from a model i believe it was Elle, where she was like she uh, does it will only won't read it, won't read a book unless she's written it or something like that have you heard yeah. this quote before yeah i've never read a book i didn't write or something like that yeah, i don't mike, know if it's it true that. that she said oh, okay. that okay well, but, I'm going but I well gonna if, believe it. if it, it is, is true, true. She's also not looking into like Wikipedia pages and scientific discoveries and research papers. and she's like, hang on, is this the same you? I've never read a book that I did not write myself. I mean, that is such a strange quote, isn't it? Because even if you're the most prolific writer in the world, like you're eventually going to reach the, if you if you're like an average reader, you're going to eventually reach the end of your your your, the, your library of books, the books that you've written. So what does she do then? She just stops reading all you know what I think we've answered my question, she just stopped reading altogether. That's the issue <laughs> exactly He's like he's like, do you want to read these research papers on the links between vaccines and autism? She goes did I write them if if not, I do not want to read them <laughs> I apologize i um I've had this cold now for going on almost uh, almost a month now, and it uh it's not that it's getting worse, but it just seems to be. Uh, changing the shape and timbre of my voice. Like uh, we were talking about potentially doing an ad read at the start of this uh, before we started recording Up, and I said, I don't think I can do it because at the moment I sound like Gus Mercurio. I felt like I should sell you a bit. Is that too obscure a reference? Do you get what I say when I say Gus Mercurio? Do you know what I'm, if I said the big Oh, I get it. <laughs> and I guess that's enough. <laughs> what am I talking about? We don't do jokes on here for an audience. We do jokes for each other. If I just said the big rancher, do you think that would enough, how, what percentage of our audience would get it if I was like, and this one, the big rancher, <laughs> what percentage? Zero, of it? Zero. Zero percent, <laughs> minus, minus three percent of our audience would get that. Uh, father of Paul Mercurio? Yeah, Paul Mercurio's dad, an American, Paul, uh, I don't know if Paul was born in America or Australia, but he did a, he voiced a bunch of real estate ads for like pre-built homes in the 80s. And he's like, the ag would always finish with the big rancher. That was the one they'd always sell at the end. And for some reason, it's just stuck in my head that when you have a husky voice, you sound like Gus Mercurio. Well, something from that era, well, uh, not exactly that era, but of like something from our past is something that I thought we could explore on uh, tonight's episode. As you said, you've got a bit of a sore voice. So I found an article uh, that I thought we could delve into and I'm happy to read it to you and you can just... uh, Uh, React. So here's the headline. Vanilla Ice's very colourful life since Ice Ice Baby. I'm in already. So this is um, uh, by Kate Jackson in the Sun uh, newspaper. And uh, rapper Vanilla Ice could never be described as, well, vanilla. Vanilla. Nice. (laughs) The, The pop star famous for his hit Ice Ice Baby has reinvented himself time and time again from Chart Topper to not Chart Topper to Reality Star. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that technically classified as a reinvention? <laughs> I may, may have added to not Chart Topper. Okay, right. Uh, from Chart Topper to Reality Star, world-class jet skier. Wow. And DIY expert. But his latest endeavor is one of the most surprising. The one-hit wonder, real name? What is Vanilla Ice's real name, Charlie? Uh, it's something like Rip Van Winkle or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is something like that. It is not that, but it is something very like Robert that. Robert Van Winkle? Robert Van Winkle Boom. has made a seven-part BBC podcast. Oh, yes. Called. Uh, now it's going to be a play now, on his greatest I g- No, I can't. Okay. All right. Is it a play on a vanilla or ice? You would think it would be, but it turns out that this podcast is not about the career of vanilla ice. It is just something that vanilla ice is particularly passionate about. Okay. So if you had to guess one thing, I'll give you a clue. Mm. It's a sport of some kind, Um it involves animals what is vanilla ice interested in so it, it's a sport that requires the involvement of animals yes okay is it um, is it sort of specific to a certain country or a region like is it sort of you know european sport no it's pretty well world, pretty worldwide, worldwide. this okay. sport is it like is it a, like an equestrian sport yeah, oh, it's equestrian. Yeah, it's equestrian. Oh, it's just equestrians. All right, okay. Or is it a specific? No, it's it, it, it's oh. horse racing. Okay. So, oh, like, right. he's he's passionate about horse racing. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, Vanilla Rice is an, part- a- is an AFL player. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, he's in a syndicate with Dusty Martin on yeah, right. a horse. The BBC podcast is called "The Disappearance of Shergar, the Super Horse." <laughs> now, this feels very top to me. Yes. So it's about the famous 1981 Derby winner. <laughs> he calls the mystery the most amazing story ever. And he's calling on which Hollywood director to make a movie about it. So he's just done a shout out to a Hollywood director and said, you should make a movie about this like amazing story. Which director does Vanilla Ice want to make his horse movie? Okay. Now I'm assuming it's 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 going to be like an old school, like a director who came uh, of age in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. It's Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, yeah. Uh, Robert... Robert53 said, this story just intrigues you. It's like a really good book. You can't set it down. He's a guy reading books. Yeah. ice. Yeah. Take that Al first. first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this needs to be a Hollywood blockbuster. Top star, top producers. Spielberg needs to come on and do this. I like it. Did he rap this? Is he, I'd like to think he's saying this like <laughs> it's just a part of his flow. <laughs> as he's saying, saying all this. Yeah. The story just intrigues you. It's like a really good book. You can't set it down. This needs to be a Hollywood blockbuster. Top star. Top producers. Yeah, yeah. That's He's in the booth. <laughs> just spitting very white rhymes. Sugar. <laughs> Owned by Aga Khan, no relation to Shaka Khan, I believe, was kidnapped from the Belly Many Stud in Country Kildare, Kildare Island. Worth, how much was this horse worth? Okay, so it's nineteen. Uh, when was it? Nineteen eighty? Did you say? Yeah, nineteen eighty-one. So, I mean, horses these days are multiple millions. So I'm gonna say one point two million dollars. Higher, two million dollars. Higher. Bullshit. Three million dollars. Considerably higher. Ten million dollars. Higher. That's not true. Fifteen million dollars. Higher. Twenty mil what? Was this horse made of- in? million. The the horse was worth $18 million. So it was obviously a a stud horse, right? I'm assuming, right? But is that... So... That seems insane. Like, you adjust that for inflation. That's like $36 million horse. Podcast Mike, while Will's talking, can you just quickly look up, like, how much horse races... Like, what's the most expensive horse going around today? I want to know. Yeah. Like, I guess it would be a stud horse, right? Because, like, studs obviously can sire... You know, like, so whatever the most expensive stud horse in the world is. So this is like $18 million worth of jizz wrapped in a horse, basically, wow. is what they have stolen. So who, what group stole this horse? So you've got to think about the country this is happening IRA. in. The IRA. hell? So... Apparently, the horse was stolen by the IRA to buy weapons at the height of the troubles, oh, which, God. like, you know what I love is they've found a deal where there's a weapons trader who's willing to swap them for $80 million of gist. Like, Like, this is literally, because it's not like you can go and just Breed horse... Like, that horse's value is that you can go and breed a whole bunch of other horses with the horse. So it's got to be somebody who's in a position to use this horse to, like, give you the weapons, you would think. Yeah, so... All right, so they've kidnapped the horse in exchange for weapons. So it's the 80s, so chances are... uh, You could probably go to, like, there's probably a weapons dealer in the Middle East, I imagine. They're big on their horse racing as Mm. well. But how do you smuggle a horse... Like, how do, you, how do you get the horse out of the country and then smuggle it to wherever it's going? And then are you getting cash to then purchase weapons or are you getting weapons in exchange? It's very complicated. Right. Is there a middleman? Are you getting $18 million of cash that you're then spending on weapons? Or is there a dude with the weapons who literally wants to swap them for a horse? <laughs> I mean, because that would be... I don't understand how how many... is it 18, What's $18 million worth of weapons look like as well? Uh, All right, so that's enough about that story. But uh, what this article does, which I thought would be interesting, is goes back through some of the highlights of the life of Vanilla Rice. Yeah, let's do it. Well, just before you get into that, our podcast, Mark, has found some info on the most expensive horse going around. So, Fusachi Pegasus is the most expensive horse ever, costing $70 million. Living up to the mythical, this thoroughbred racehorse, won the Kentucky Derby in 2000. So, that was 20 years ago, a horse cost 70. I had no idea. I mean, I knew that sort of horse racing was like, you know, a kind of, uh, elitist sport, but I had no idea. That's like formula one money. Well, obviously Derby winners, like the Derby must be because it's the same, ho- it's the same horse race, 1981. And like that's just the inflation. It's now $70 million. Back then it was 18 million bucks. That's crazy. Um, all right. Hitting the big time and dating Madonna is oh, the yeah. uh, first headline. Mm-hmm. Robert wrote Ice Ice Baby when he was just 16 years old using a sample of the iconic Queen and David Bowie song Under Pressure despite the fact that he went on a current affair and denied that he ever heard that song. Yeah. No, no. He went on and then I think he changed it. He said, "No, no, it's different because we put a little like hi-hat at the end of the din 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 dinch which they don't have in Under Pressure." So that's <laughs> enough apparently. To make it different. I pretty, like, again, I have never seen that interview again, but my memory of it at the time was he, he went like this. They're completely different songs. And he went, like, the Queen one is dun 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 And Ice Ice Baby is like dun 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 And you were like, that's exactly the same thing that you just said. <laughs> Seven years later, the song with the famous line, stop, collaborate and listen, made him a millionaire... Before his twenty-first birthday, wow. it would go on to sell. Here we go. This is great. How many copies of well, I, Ice I, Ice Baby? I believe up until uh, the Marshall Mathers LP, it was the highest-selling rap album—not just white rapper, but white—but uh, rap album of all time. So I'm going to say fifteen million. Higher, twenty million. Higher. 30 million. Higher. Bullshit. Really? uh, 50 million. 40 million records. That's insane. That's insane. What did Thriller sell? I thought Thriller was only 30 million. Oh, well, that's Ice Ice Baby, the single, though. Oh, the single, Ice Ice like, Baby album. sold but 40 that's, million copies. Wow, the, that's, that's crazy. How much went to um, uh, the Queen? The, oh, here we go. The album. The, here we go. Good. The, how many copies did the album sell? To the Uh, Extreme was the name of the album. How many copies of the album rather than the single? To the Extreme, I rock the mic like a vandal, turn off the lights and watch me jump like a candle. Uh, I'm going to say To the Extreme sold 20 million. 13 million copies. Okay. Um, It made this American rapper called Vanilla by his black and Mexican friends on the breakdancing scene more famous than he could have ever imagined. He dated the queen of pop. For how long? How long did uh, Madonna and Vanilla Ice go out for? Well, I remember seeing them making out in the sex book. I reckon that would be a six-month affair. Eight months, not bad. Oh, pretty good. Um, What would they do together? Um, The first part of it is kind of a normal thing that couples would do if they were dating, but there's something that they would do while they did this normal thing that makes it different. Okay, um... They would go out shopping. No. This is what couples would do. They would go out shopping for homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> they would purchase a homeless person and then install them on their estate as a status symbol, like the Victorian era. Uh, okay, no. Something a normal couple would do is they would go. Is it a, like an activity, like ice skating or bowling? Uh, even or like more cake? simple. Just like something that people in a relationship would do. They'd, they'd go out to dinner. Yeah, they go to a restaurant. So right. what's different though? They're, this is two of the most famous people on the planet, Vanilla Ice okay. and Madonna. So when they went to a restaurant, what did they do? They shut down the entire restaurant and they would have it to themselves. Nah, they, no, they didn't need other people to be kicked out of there because they had something even better than that. Um, they, ha- they would um, take their meals on a helicopter <laughs> and hover above the <laughs> restaurant. an old, A glass elevator. <laughs> They would take it to the roof. I don't know what. Um, they would dress up in disguises. Bullshit. So people did not know it was there. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine if you picked it. Imagine being another diner at that restaurant. Like, you're out with your partner or whatever, and you're like, that fucking dude with the moustache. I I'm swear to God, that's vanilla ice. And the old lady, that's Madonna. Like, I, I, that's something Madonna. is telling me. <laughs> like, that Borat mustache is not following me. <laughs> that guy with the mustache, that's Madonna. And that very beautiful woman, I believe, is Vanilla Eyes. <laughs> I've heard stories, and this is like, obviously, this is just hearsay, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I'm not saying this actually happened, but someone told me, someone swears to me that a very famous Hollywood actor who uh, there are rumors around that he may be in the closet, big movie star, won't say who it is. Yeah. You can work it out. I heard from someone that they would frequent uh, gay bars in disguise as well, but very elaborate, you might say Mission Impossible style disguises. Uh, and I was always like, but why? Like, why do that? It would be so much easier to just have a, host a party and then invite boys around that way. Why take the risk of going into a nightclub and then, you know, having someone in the throes of passion <laughs> accidentally rip off your mask? Well, I mean, clearly you're talking about Simon Pegg, so let's just use that example. <laughs> if Simon did have access to the Mission Impossible technology, that's how I imagined it was happening. It was literally at that level where he would put something on his head and he would become a completely different person. But don't you think that's more trouble than you need to go to? Unless he's committed to 100% anonymity. And he is well, one of the you world's know, greatest actors. Well, you know, the thing about, <laughs> the thing about Simon Pegg Allegedly. is that he... He does all his own stunts. And yeah. a guy who's committed to doing his all, all his own stunts is also willing to go the extra mile. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, he was... Uh, what does he consider one of the coolest experiences of his career? It's appearing in a movie. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Uh, he appeared as a cameo on the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, The Secret of the Ooze, which Robert yeah. considers one of the coolest experiences of his career ninja rap ninja ninja rap go ninja go ninja go go ninja the great bit about that is in that scene uh it's a nightclub vanilla rice is up there with his backup dancers entertaining the crowd and then the turtles bust in with not bebop and rocksteady but the equivalent of and they start fighting and everyone's like whoa 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 whoa," and vanilla rice is about to rush off stage with his dancers but then he gets there to stage and he stops and he turns to his dancers and he's like you know what I think we can actually dance to this. So they rather than like it's a safety, they go back out on stage and they complete their song dancing while the ninja turtles are kicking these mutants on uh, kicking their ass in, in front of them. It's like that's an odd choice, right? No. That, no, because you know what he did in that situation, Charlie? What? He stopped, he collaborated <laughs> yeah, and he listened. That's true. And if you just take that simple piece of advice, you can really reset the mood of the room. Uh, what goes up? quickly often plummets just as fast. Mm. Robert began using drugs. which drugs was uh, vanilla ice interested in? There's, they list three here. I mean does his name give away one of them? Uh, oh, in the zone but not but not crack not ice no. crack no. He's not oh, he's not freebasing. Okay. Um, is Coke one of them? Well, I don't know if he was freebasing or not, but they don't describe it as crack. That like cocaine is a cocaine listed. Is what? Yeah. What are the other two? Uh, oh, geez. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, can't really see heroin in in, in, in vanilla rice. I'll give you a clue. Like, uh, it'll, it'll be how much you know about me or not. Um, I've never tried one of them, and I tried all of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> what if you never tried That's the harder the harder answer will is what if you never tried? <laughs> um Uh Okay, so heroin. Heroin is one of them, yes. So he was doing so vanilla ice was doing heroin. Yep. Was he doing speed balls? Isn't that what Chris Farley used to do? It's a heroin and cocaine mix. Does not well actually we just haven't got to it yet but I think there is extra, okay. I think there's going to be more information about his he, drug use in the next paragraph. Is the, is the other drug like one that you know is, is it like weed because you know, or alcohol which is a drug but you know come on let's get real. <laughs> no, no 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 it's a it's it's an illegal drug that I had a particular fondness for in the, my twenties and early thirties. Ecstasy. Ecstasy. Robert began using ecstasy, heroin, and cocaine. His former chauffeur, Al Bowman, told the Mirror he was completely mad, crazy, out of control, but always, always fun. (laughs) (laughs) Did the chauffeur not understand the tone of the question? We just uh, want to get a quote for you for this article we're writing about uh, Robert when he was uh, in his drug addiction. Um, How would you describe him? Oh, uh, just a barrel of laughs. laughs. so much fun man he was like out of control crazy like coke booze everything so that's actually what he says he did booze coke everything he got high once and said i should be a male stripper he got out of my limo and started doing this strip dance on the bonnet (laughs) he does sound like a lot of fun i'm kind of siding with the chauffeur here I mean, if you're a chauffeur and you're normally just driving around boring businessmen and shit like that and then suddenly, like, vanilla ice is in the back just, like, fucking getting off his head and then thinking he's a mouse stripper on the bonnet. That's a fun night out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Al, who once earned more than... Uh, well, I don't know why they've put how much he earned a month for driving Robert around Los Angeles, <laughs> said, the star once ripped a door handle off in a drug fueled rage. I would find all sorts of things left in the back. Empty Coke vials, Coke bundles, half-smoked joints, used bottles of tequila. That's a weird way of putting it, but sure. Used bottles of tequila? tequila. (laughs) (laughs) That is an odd phraseology there. It's also kind of what I... Generally, when I go for a walk past that cave where the kids hang out, that's generally what I find at the bottom of the cave as well. Were there any nangs down there? Was he doing the nangs? Uh, The last time I drove for him, he was so messed up. It looked like he'd really got to him. The lifestyle had caught up with him. Still fun, though. Robert said, my drug of choice... Oh, yeah, okay. Here we go. This is um, vanilla ice now again. Uh, My drug of choice was always X. Yeah. It looked... Yeah. More than heroin and blow. I could just pop a pill and instantly feel better about... All the shit in life. So true. What a great advertisement for ecstasy. Absolutely 100%. <laughs> a couple of days later, absolute mesh. You're going to need some heroin to knock the edge off that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Queen and David Bowie threatened to sue for copyright. In a famous video clip, Robert strived to defend himself saying, There's... Oh, yeah, this is... This is the clip that I was talking about earlier, right? They talk about him when he's trying to explain the difference. But this is not an audio medium. This is a newspaper article. So I am just going to read you what they've written in this newspaper article. In a famous video clip, Robert strived to defend himself saying, theirs goes ding, 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 da-da, ding, ding. And mine goes ding, 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 da-da, ding, ding Wow, the defense rests. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. van Winkle. this is not a courtroom, <laughs> and you are not a stripper. Get off my bonnet <sighs> uh, his second album released in nineteen ninety one was called what Charlie? Oh shit, he had a second album. I didn't even know he had a second album uh is it is there some is ice involved in the title at all it does not even list what it's called um how many copies did it sell less than five million less yes much less than five million less than two million less than two million less than a million less than a million oh my god how many years in between albums was this i don't know um uh, Less than, yes. So uh, 45,000 copies. What? So, what? Oh, my God. Are you serious? So hang on. He went from, what was the first album? First album was 13 million. <laughs> 13 million and 45, 45 million copies or whatever of the fucking Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Can you imagine being the record company? I mean, even like your most pessimistic expectations, you're like, look, sophomore albums are always a challenge. There could be like, let's say at most a 60% drop off, right? We'll still, well, we'll still max out about 5 million. So imagine it's like day one, you know, the exec sitting in there is just the like, I've got the figures, it's like, all right. And she starts talking. And she's like forty-five. He's like forty-five million. Oh my god! We doubled last time. Forty-five thousand. Forty-five thousand million. Is that what you're saying? Forty-five thousand million? No, no. Forty-five thousand. My god. My god. That is unbelievable. Talk about your flash in the pan. Uh, it's sold forty-five thousand copies in 1991. He started in his own eight-mile style movie, which was called Yes, Cool as Ice. Uh, which had, won him an award? What award did he win for Cool as Ice? Uh, it would be a, a Golden Raspberry, I assume, for worst actor. Yes, but can worst I just say News star? Oh, West New Star. There, because when I worked in the video store, the Cool as Ice album, uh, cover was one of my favourites because the tagline was, "How do you melt a girl? How do you melt a? How do you melt a girl's heart when it's made of stone? Just add ice." Which is the most nonsensical tagline? It doesn't. You don't melt stone with ice. Like, even if you're trying to say, "Hey, you melt fire with ice," that still is like, "Oh, I see what you've done there. you flipped it." But you've introduced a completely different element, and (laughs) saying you you don't melt stone to begin with, dickheads. Anyway, that's a little side note. A friend of mine, when I was working in that video store, we used to rent that video and just take it home and just hate watch it and get drunk and high and have a good laugh. And then uh, when I was about to take the video cover back, he said, hang on, before you take that back, and so he cut out a little speech bubble and he put it in front of Vanilla Ice's mouth and he wrote on it, God, I'm such a dickhead. <laughs> and we, I put it back on the shelf and no one batted an eyelid. People would walk past that video cover with a little speech bubble coming out of Vanilla Ice's mouth. Then no one said anything. Well, you know what? Your friend is not going to laugh when he hears this because in 1994, Robert attempted suicide by overdosing on heroin. Oh, no. Yeah. So things got pretty bad for Vanilla Ice. Luckily, his friends revived him. On June the 3rd, 1991, Robert was arrested for threatening... Hang on, wait, wait. So so when... So Ice Ice Baby comes out in 1990, roughly? And then 94, the wheels have fallen off. I feel no. like it was 90. Um, well, in 2001, he was arrested for threatening someone. Who was he threatening? Uh, and, and with what? Um, was it another celebrity? No. Uh, was it an old lady? <laughs> Could have been. Uh, well, what do you mean? No, Could've it wasn't been. a lady. Okay. It was and a homeless man. He threatened a homeless lady. man with a gun. Why? Why? Well, because he was trying to get him back to that party at Madonna's place. <laughs> he was like, Madonna will take me back if I just bring this homeless man back. <laughs> um, the man, James N. Gregory, had approached Robert's car outside a supermarket and tried to sell him a silver chain. Well, that's the homeless guy spouted vanilla icing and There's a guy I can sell a silver chain to. Yeah. Uh, Robert and his bodyguard were charged with three weapons offences. It was the second time he'd been arrested. The previous time was in 1988, long before he was famous. For what? What was Vanilla Ice arrested for before he became famous? Is it like a, ju- a juvenile crime? Like is it shoplifting? It's kind of a juvenile crime, uh, not necessarily juvenile, but something that younger people might do. Tagging? But something that is actually Graffiti. very... No, something that has been popularised in uh, like mainstream film. He stole a car. Uh, yeah, uh, Drag yeah, racing. Further. Drag racing. Illegal drag racing. I gotta say, he's lived the life. Yeah, I mean, even back then, Vanilla Ice was fast and furious. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. In, 20, uh, in 2001, he was arrested for. Oh, this is not good, Vanilla. Uh, in 20, uh, 2001, he was arrested for assaulting his then wife, Laura. Ugh. He admitted pulling her hair as they drove, but said it was to stop her jumping out the truck's window. Okay. All right. Four months later, he pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct and was sentenced to probation. Uh, in 2008, uh, he was arrested for battery and allegedly kicking and hitting his wife. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not. I'm not getting a great picture of uh, Robert Van Winkle at the moment. In 2015, now oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> he's arrested again. Oh my this God. one is fun. Some of those other ones were not so fun. This one is fun again. In 2015. He was, um, look, how do I give you a clue? He's, arrest- he's, he's accused of stealing a series of things. Um, is it ordinary household items or is it a, like big ticket item? Well, you, you, a little bit in between. He's stealing oh, yeah. furniture, a pool heater, bikes and other items from a Florida home. And a racehorse (laughs) into an eighty-five million (laughs) dollar racehorse. What do you mean? Oh oh my god! Okay, so hang on, but that's that's not stuff you can just sneak off with. That's like you've got to pull a truck up and load them on into your into your into your truck. Yeah, he got his uh, chauffeur to do it. (laughs) He's like, mate, one more job. It'll be fun. We're about to have some fun. We're gonna steal a motorbike Um, before he turned to rap. Robert used to compete in what extreme sport mm. well I know he's a break dancer but that's an extreme sport um where'd he grow up Florida extreme sport um s- skating motocross oh yeah yeah he looks like a motor- he looks like a crusty demon of dirt <laughs> after the pop star bubble burst he returned to his first love and embarked on a new sport in jet skiing what Within a couple of years, he was on the world circuit, had a sponsorship deal with Kawasaki, and at one point, Robert Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla Ice, was ranked what in the world in jet skiing? Number three. No, not as high as three, but still pretty good. Number 13. Sixth in the world. Sixth, Sixth in the best world. best jet skier in the world. <laughs> and writer of Ice Ice Baby. (laughs) Life does take you in some strange directions, doesn't it? Really? Like, look, he's done some terrible things in his life, but you can't say he's not original. Like, he's honestly pursued the things that he likes, which is taking drugs and uh, jet skis. (laughs) He ran a sporting shop on Miami Beach. What was the name of his sporting shop? It's something that works for sports, but is also very vanilla ice. You were looking for puns before. Yeah, yeah, this is is it. Nice price, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that should be their tag. (laughs) Um, But think sports, like a a word that might kind of, you know, be attached to sports. Okay. The sort of sports he's into. Um, uh, So sports is jet, jet skiing. Jet. And is it, is it one of his? Is he playing on his fame, his vanilla rice fame? One of his lyrics. Okay. Stop. I <laughs> <laughs> no, don't know. Just tell me. Two, the number two, the extreme. All right. How the hell would I get that? You gave all your clues were terrible. How am I going to get to the extreme from what you, that you said? It had something to do with sport. Extreme sports. He's into extreme sports. We've literally talked about nothing for the last five minutes apart from his love of extreme sports. I said the sort of sports that he was into and also something that referred to him. And like, to the extreme is one of the most five iconic vanilla ice things. That is a great set of clues. <laughs> don't blame me for giving you bad clues. <laughs> I don't agree, but continue. Uh, all right. Um, uh, his relationships have been all over the place. Ah, here we go. Robert is a man of many talents. In 2010, he established himself as a home improvements expert. Now, I remember this phase of his life with his DIY network show, which was called, I don't know, like Building Heavens van- with Ice. Yeah, like the Vanilla Ice Project. Yeah. Uh, it has not shot more than 100 episodes in 9 seasons. So, like he's like a quite successful DIY guy. He's also been like sixth in the world at jet skiing, had like one of the highest selling singles of all time. It's quite a lot. It was a highest selling rap artist at one time. I mean, it's it's insane. Like really, you can make fun of him all you want, but he's excelled in three completely different professions. Known for his bling, he put his name to a range of what oh where does it go on your body or does that give it away it actually doesn't it goes on your house so how what what would what would you consider bling for a house house oh shit i don't know bling house bling (laughs) that's a good question is it external internal internal house bling oh um I don't I think know. it's the most blingy thing you could put in a house. It actually does work as a house bling, I think. Uh, oh, chandeliers. Chandelier. Do you like my chandelier? It's a vanilla ice range. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a weird flex. <laughs> uh, but noth- nothing <laughs> compares to the time... That he joined UK X Factor twins Jedwood for their mashup single Under Pressure Ice Ice Baby. Oh, so Jedwood brought them back together. I love this. Who's Jedwood? Do you know who that is? Yeah, they're an Irish boy band that came out okay. of like The Voice and I think they're twins okay, or right. brothers or something like that. Um, Ice, ice baby. <laughs> <laughs> so Jedwood and Vanilla Ice went to what number on the UK? What number on the UK charts? Oh, they love a fucking novelty song. I'm gonna say at least top five, right? Top five, yes. Uh, I'm gonna say two. Number two. Good guess. Yeah, to the to the extreme. <laughs> to the extreme. <laughs> um, he has appeared on uh two other oh no, hang on. Three other reality shows that they mention here. Um one of them is a very popular reality show that like celebrities might appear on celebrity rehab no like um like an oh. actual tv reality oh. show that would have a range of people vanilla ice big would brother? be one, but they might have a sports person they might have like a tv entertainer all sorts of guests is there a celebrity big brother no a celebrity apprentice no. Uh, uh no it, it, think about what one of his skills is ah uh, building homes no. Uh, uh, somebody wipe out. <laughs> um, uh, what would he have been known for as much as his rapping when he first appeared on the scene? Dancing. Dancing. Oh, Dancing with the Stars. Right. Gotcha. He was on Dancing with the Stars in 2016. He was on the appropriately named Dancing on Ice <laughs> in 2011. And he also did a show which I don't think that I've seen in Australia. Feels very an American show. It's another celebrity show. Um, it involves an animal. What, is that my clue? <laughs> so it's a celebrity show that involves using an animal. It's not an Australian show and it's, it seems quite niche. A celebrity show that involves using an animal. Celebrity vet. <laughs> Celebrity bull riding. Oh my God. I have to see that immediately. What is celebrity bull riding? Vanilla Ice says, I also did celebrity bull riding in the US. That was scary, especially when a bull trampled me. I mean, at some, uh, so he's done all this stuff. Like I assume, yeah, look, I can forgive him for losing all his money from his rap days because he was young and stuff, but sounds like he's had many bites at the cherry. Is he doing the celebrity stuff because he just likes being in in the public eye or is he doing it for the money, you reckon? I mean, probably a bit of both. I think it sounds like a guy who's squandered a lot of his money, he probably still needs to, to do things to Based live in fields. the lifestyle he's accustomed. Yeah, I suppose. It's the lifestyle he's living in. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, he could build his own house, though. <laughs> Save there. Always oh, better when you know a few builders, isn't it? Save heaps of money. <laughs> Got off the hammer, got on the hammer. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's our deep dive on the life of Robert Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla oh, Ice. That, that was awesome. I really, I mean, look, I've got to admit, I I thought I knew Vanilla Ice, but that is, and it does actually make me think that, you know, we make fun of Vanilla Ice, but he's far more talented than I have. <laughs> like, like, he's got like, so many more skills than I have. I can't, I'm not a handyman. I'm not. I couldn't ride a jet ski. I've never even ridden a jet ski. I've never, certainly never written a number one single at the age of 16. Written a number one single at the age of 16. He can dance uh, absolutely fantastically. He can ice skate because he went on late dancing on ice. He's ridden a fucking bull. He was the sixth best jet skier in the entire fucking world. And he can build his own house. Like, what have we done? Fuck all compared to vanilla ice. He was in a movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, We'd be wrapped to crazy. sell 45,000 copies of an album. If you and I put out an album, we'd be wrapped with 45. We'd be like, this is the greatest result ever. I mean, it's crazy though because you think about him and he's always a punchline. Like Vanilla rice is a punchline. But it's like, He's achieved more than most people would in like three or four lifetimes. It's insane. I mean, there's also like a very dark period Mate, in the middle there. That I got arrested once, and I wrote a show about it that I fucking did for three <laughs> years. Like Vanilla Ice has been arrested like nine times. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Well, uh, before we go, let's talk a little bit about what's happening at Tothop.com this week. Well, it's oh, yeah. on philosophy. Who is on philosophy this week? Oh, Alex Lee. So there's a couple of really interesting episodes. Damien Power from last week. Hayden Dando, who is the winner of the uh, Asylum Seeker Resource Centre auction, who just happened to be a really wonderful chat. And I recommend that people just check that episode out. I think it's really fascinating. And uh, then this week, Alex Lee, who has a new show on the ABC called Win the Week. You can watch on uh, 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night, or you can watch it on ABC iView. But I... Absolutely love the chat with Alex, and I do recommend. By the way, if you've ever if you've never watched the um, sketches they do on the feed on SBS, like there's a like a youth current affairs show called the feed on SBS, and they do some comedy sketches. But they post the comedy sketches online. Like I don't see a lot of the show, but I see the sketches, and they are so consistently funny, so consistently well acted, and like you know always have like great lines in them, and you know really fantastic performances, and just an emerging group of really young, talented people, and Alex Lee is one of those people, and she is on philosophy. Uh There's also Two Guys, One Cup, our AFL adjacent podcast, which is uh, going from strength to strength as my heart crushes under another year of disappointment by the Saints. Uh, Faux Fop, I believe, is Justin Hamilton. Have you done that one? Hamofop. yes, we did this? that. We were both feeling okay, very great. tired on Sunday when we recorded that, and then uh, we ended up talking about um, that story about how Batman... Uh, didn't, doesn't uh, go doesn't down go on down. Catwoman because heroes don't do that. And once we got into that, we just like perked up because we're two men who are nearly 50 talking about whether <laughs> Batman goes down on people. Oh, and then we rank um, which of the Batmen we would like to go down on us in order. So from, <laughs> from worst to best, we have a conversation about that. So it's, a, it's very stupid. Well, don't give the game away, but just tell me who's the who's the who is your worst? Who do you think would be the worst? Uh, I ended up going with Vel Kilmer as my worst. Really? Unpredictable. Because he's a pretty, pretty right. So unpredictable. And as I said on that podcast, but I am willing to uh, reiterate on this podcast because I think it's a little life motto of mine now uh, I do not require unpredictable uh, unpredictability around my genitals. And I, I just I just don't want it. I don't want it. He just feels like it could go well or it could go really badly. Well, it's appropriate that you like people to be vanilla when it comes to your genitals. tools. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com forward slash to We've got a brand new bonus episode that we really enjoyed recording last yes, week where we evaluate fun. the Shrek soundtrack. We had a letter from a listener asking us to take a look at the Shrek soundtrack and uh, it's something that we might do more of so if you listen to that if you're a a Patreon patron and that's something that you're into and you want to suggest another soundtrack that Will and I can sort of do a deep dive on why don't you sign up to Patreon and let us know although I've just confused that point because I said if you're already a patron, you know what if you're not a Patreon and you want to suggest a soundtrack sign up to Patreon then you can suggest a soundtrack and we can do it yeah uh, I mean episode- it was it felt like a little sort of mini show a different little show and it was so fun to do so We'd actually like to do some more of them. So if people enjoyed it, let us know and sign up to the Patreon. You can do that for as little as $1 per month. I have a couple of shows that I wouldn't mind plugging, you know, COVID pending. But um, hopefully I'll get (sighs) to do these shows. uh, July the 3rd in Sydney at the Enmore. Uh, we've sold about a thousand tickets to that already which is amazing to what you're talking about well my uh, improvised stand-up show but it's the more. so there's still plenty of tickets available if you'd like to come along and then uh, the Brisbane Powerhouse on July the 4th first show is sold out but the second show which is on the same night there's still a hundred tickets left so if you get in quick you still might be able to get a ticket to that and uh, you know a couple other shows random shows happening later in the year but these are my only sort of big Sydney and Brisbane shows and another incentive to sign up to Patreon is you normally get uh, uh, like hidden advanced word on ticket sales and sometimes even a nice sweet discount. Yeah, there was a discount to this. May even still be available if you want to sign up. It's like uh, like a five buck discount on tickets. So you could sign up for a dollar, fucking get five dollars off your ticket Come, come out in front, you know, get a fucking yeah. beverage on Ando on the way into the venue. Five dollars off a ticket. You know what, Will? That sounds nice, nice, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm Charlie clausen I'm Will Anderson.